Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Turp Talk. I'm your host with the most, Sarah Tokes, a.k.a. The Turp Queen. We're going to hop right to it. I got Chris Ball with Ball Family Farms here today. Yeah, yeah. What's happening? What's happening? Yes, I'm so happy to be able to have you in person instead of in Zoom. Ain't this a lot better? It is. Our the... first one was so impersonable. This Yo, is a lot better. The Zoom one, literally, because the camera went out at the studio I was last at. So we used one of the cameras that was like on the wall in the corner. So that's why it was that weird little angle. Oh, wow. So you didn't even get to like oh, wow. to feel crazy. the vibes. That's crazy. <laughs> This is a lot more comfortable. This little room right here, I can smell blunt smoke. I smell dragonfly drones. This is it. <laughs> yes. We in our bag. Yes, it's a vibe. Well, thanks so much again for coming back. Um, so let's just talk about all the growth that you go, that you guys have had in the past year, some of the new collabs that you guys have coming out. Yeah, for sure. Um, this past year has definitely been um, very fast. I've had We've had our seatbelts on uh, this past year. Um, some of the new stuff that's happening uh, with Ball Family Farms, obviously, um, we have a couple new collabs that we're um, focusing on right now. One of the one, the one that I'm most excited about is a collaboration uh, with Ricky Williams uh, in the Heisman. And just because you know, being an ex you know football player and pro athlete, uh, I was Ricky Williams was a guy that I looked up to you know growing up playing sports and. To see what happened to him over his consumption of cannabis, you know, throughout his career and how it kind of um, just kind of destroyed his, his football journey, man, was really fucked up to me. Yeah. You know? So um, we ran into each other. Uh, some people, uh, a couple people from his camp, had reached out, you know, a few months before the actual last uh, Hall of Flowers in Palm Springs, and so there was some some light dialogue there. But then he and I actually saw each other. Um, at Hall of Flowers, and once we saw each other, uh, that's kind of when you know all the all the magic happened. I had actually met Ricky probably 15 years prior uh, through my big brother, who uh, his name Daryl Russell. He played for the Raiders, and he and Ricky uh, we used to live in the same area down in San Diego. So I met no. him long, 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 long time ago. Yeah. He was actively playing, you know, and. Um, comes it came full circle you know so when we ran into each other we kind of chopped it up about that he was like oh shit i remember that and damn i didn't know that that was you and so his team was obviously there so we took some pictures and just decided you know let's let's continue the conversations and so now um he's got a couple phenos in his possession that he really likes i just spoke to him about him yesterday he was telling me how he's in love with one of them so uh, you may see that that'll be coming real soon but we're gonna do that really really well you know we're gonna tell a whole story that's gonna be like a movie you know how I yeah like, shit. Um, like a movie like yeah. all of your strains are based on yeah, a movie yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be like a movie so i'm excited about that um also got a couple other ones um my boy anwar carrots he has a clothing line um he's looking at some stuff i'm looking to do some stuff with him because you know, I'm trying to tap into the merch, the merchandise market yeah. with the clothes and stuff. Y'all so, already have fire merch. Thank so you. my go-to. Thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. So, yeah, just trying to do something with him. And then um, the last one is uh, we may be doing a little exclusive drop uh, with the parent company. So the Calma store, so we got a couple other stores. We're going to do a strain exclusively just to those locations with him. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's what's up with that, with the collaborations. That's what's up. Well, what new strains have you guys dropped since last time? So since we last spoke back then, what do we have? We had the... You only uh, had the Miyagi, though? The yeah, so and the Banzai. So we had the last dragon drop, and then we had, uh, what was I calling? What was I calling the LaRusso Miyagi on Banzai? I think it was 
fuck, what did I call that drum? I can't remember. But, um, <laughs> you sure you sit, don't smoke? <laughs> see, I don't, but you know, I got, there's so many in my head that, that, we're, that I'm rolling out. But uh, So what we did, since then, we've dropped uh, the new Nino Brown and the new uh, Dragonfly Jones. And um, if you're not familiar, you know, if you're not familiar with Nino Brown, which I can't, I can't imagine that you know people listening to this broadcast is not. But if you're not, <laughs> I would highly suggest you go watch a movie called New Jack City. Uh, it's a, another phenomenon uh, movie, a drug movie back in the '80s. And then, if you're not familiar with Dragonfly Jones, he is the a character that Martin Lawrence played on his hit TV show in the '90s, Martin. So. Go check those out before you roll up, please, because it, you know, it definitely adds to the nostalgia, you know what I'm saying, other strains. Yeah. And uh got some other ones, you know, in, in, in the holster, but you know, we won't release those just yet. I feel that, I feel that. Do you do you watch Cobra Kai? Absolutely. Are y'all gonna redo some Cobra Kai? Or? You know, there is some like talks, you know. So my my boy uh Caleb Pinkett, who is uh Jada Pinkett's brother. Uh, Cobra Kai is actually, he's an executive producer on Cobra Kai. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the, the writers over there, some of those those uh, cast members, you know, they're very familiar with yeah. all family farms and strains. <laughs> they do partake. Um, so I do have some inside information. Um, there could be a possible strain relating to, you know, a dojo in Cobra Kai, but... You know, that again, you know, I don't like to give away too much stuff too early. You know, we still got to find, still got to find Pinos and make sure we get all them I's dotted and T's crossed. But yeah, there could be some really dope show I fuck with. I know, I, I really fuck with yeah, it. And yeah, I love that yeah. it's like right in the valley. It is. Because I'll be so like dope. driving around, I'm like, yo! Yeah, it's so hard. I know it's that so, area. They're, they're, they're a really good group of folks over there. So we get fuck with them and they fuck with us. That's what's up. So aside from the weed talk, even though we are here to talk shirts. Um, what else have you been up to? You know, as far as um, the industry and social equity is concerned, I've, I've started to kind of dabble into, you know, policy and some reform things. So um, a buddy of mine, a good buddy of mine, who everybody knows, his name is Elliot Lewis, uh, is one of the owners and CEO of Catalyst Dispensers. You know, he's been kind of championing and pioneering uh, a movement down there in Long Beach with reform, tax reform, making sure that, you know, social equity applicants can, uh, um, are getting their fair shake in the space. So I kind of have been motivated by him. I watch a lot of his shit, you know, on Instagram and how he's just getting at the city. Yes. And, uh, you know, he and I both graduated from Berkeley together, so we were there at the same time. And he and I have become very close. He's a... a, a, a very, very avid supporter of Ball Family Farms and the brand. We're in all the Catalyst locations. So um, I've just been talking to him about reform in Los Angeles. You know, shout out to him. He was able to completely get rid of um, the cultivation tax for cultivators in Long Beach. So that's big up How to him. How much was that tax? Um, I think it's like nine. I, I, well, I know it's about $150 per, per pound. Okay. I think it's per pound, yeah. My brother's going to kill me. My brother Chuck's our CFO. He knows all <laughs> I don't. But I want to say it's about $150 per pound. So you got to figure, you know, we we roughly produce, you know, uh, 70 to 75 pounds, you know, per room. And I have eight rooms. Exactly. Right? So if you do the math on that, you know, that's, that's almost 10 grand, you know, just in cultivation tax per harvest. And there's, what, I got eight rooms times five. So that's, what, 40? Like about 40 harvests uh, a year. Exactly. So, I mean, you can add that up real quick. So, 
he was able to get that that uh, that tax expunged for the coach Bader from Long Beach. So now I'm trying to, you know, I'm going to kind of use my voice and platform to go holler at the city um, down here in Los Angeles and try to get the same thing done for the coach Bader's here in Los Angeles. Uh, and just other things as far as just like tax reform and just making sure that the social equity program is alive and is, and is well. Right now, we know it is still broken. Um, I'm probably one of the few, if not the only, social equity applicant who's had the success that I've been able to achieve. So I feel like with that platform and with that voice, the city will actually listen to me, you know. So I'm just doing my studying right now. I want to make sure before I go in front of, in front of city council and go in front of these people that I understand exactly what I'm talking about. I understand exact. I understand what the problems are, but I need to, you know, figure out what the solutions are. You yeah. Know, I understand uh, how to talk that because, again, you know, I'm, a, I'm still learning how to be a CEO, you know, just keeping it on it. <laughs> and, you know, tax reform and policy was never something I got into when yeah. I was in school. So I'm going to take my time to learn it, but I do, you know, I am uh, excited about it. That seems really exciting. A little, yeah. like, nerve-wracking to like, be in front of, like, realistically, like, all those white people that just have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to weed. Yeah. It's cool. I, I, mean, like, I mean, you know what? I feel like as soon as I learn, you know, their side of the business and what they do, yeah. I'm going to be able to, you know, teach to match them. Their yeah, energy. I'm going to be able to match their energy from their standpoint, but I'm also be able to come over the top and tell them, listen, I know this space. I know exactly what's wrong with it, and I know how to fix it. And now, once I once I know your space, they ain't gonna have it. They're not gonna be able to stand up there with me. I'm gonna be able to get some shit done. Yeah, because like in my opinion, when it comes to the people that are actually like making those policies and controlling the tax, they've never worked in cannabis. They've nope. never touched the plant. They're just assuming that it should be taxed as such, and they yep. don't understand how much money each brand is losing per harvest yep. just to get that into the jar or into the bag. You know, you know so like, it, it sucks, man, because there's a lot of people that aren't going to survive this. You know, yeah. and there are a lot of good brands and good growers that are just not going to survive this because it's all fucked up. You know, the way that the game is set up, it's, it, it, it doesn't allow for you to make any mistakes. You know? Do you see the market coming back, like, or bouncing back? I do. I do. You know, a lot of people are, are not optimistic, but, you know, if you've been in the, in the cannabis industry or the weed industry as long as I have, you know that, you know, it fluctuates. You know, yeah. there's peaks and valleys, you know. Typically, it's normally when the outdoor season harvests, you know, and then us indoor guys, you know, the market kind of crashes a little bit. And then once all that outdoor weed is gone, then, it, you know, it goes back up in the summer. Um, this year, it's been, it's hit a little bit harder just because of, you know, the, the legalization, you yeah. know, so everybody kind of crammed and ran into our industry thinking that they could just get grows and get licenses and throw plants in the ground and they would grow. So right now there's just a lot of bullshit weed, you know, running around our space, you know, in jars, in packaging, you know it. A lot of the same weed for different, different price prices, points, different names. It's the same shit. So oh, they're putting the same name. Oh my God, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so you know, so once that, once all these brands and all the all this weed gets gone, right? Yeah. Once they're not able to sustain anymore because the price has gone down so far, right? Then they'll leave. They'll leave our space, and then only the strong will survive. And then our our, our beloved cannabis industry will get back healthy and lucrative, and good weed will start to reemerge again. There is still good weed. There is. Y'all. We here. Y'all. Literally. We're not, we're not, like, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're still here. That's why you're here. Because yeah. we got good weed. And, 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 the, and the big dogs, you know, we all talk. You know. Yeah. So, so we understand what's going on. And um, we're going to stick around. You know, uh, luckily for us, 
you know, we do grow good products, so the customers will always keep us alive. Our consumers and our fan base keep us alive, you know, so that we can sustain. But, um, you know, it'll, you know, it'll get better. It definitely will get better. I say by the end of the year, though, I still think we got a whole another year to go. I say next summer. Yeah, for real. Like, that's kind of the vibe I'm at. Because. I agree. Normally, January, February is always super slow, but it's. Even now for 420, it's a little slow. Yeah, you know? it's slow. And I've talked to a couple of my, my big farmers up in the Bay, you know, that are way up there, uh, up in Humboldt. And, you know, they're telling me, hey, man, a lot of these farmers, they're not even renewing their licenses. You know, like they're, that? They're belly up. Yeah. So, you know, outdoor wheat, man, it's two, $300 a pound right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. But no one wants to swap it. No one wants it. <laughs> it's, just all, it's just here. It's just here. He's literally just sitting it's and just getting sitting. old and yeah. rotting. It's and oxidizing and turning brown. And it's crazy. It's getting put in the pre-rolls it's somewhere. Getting, it's, it is getting put in the pre-rolls. So mine's That's why pre-rolls. everyone's making infused pre-rolls nowadays. Mine's are infused pre-rolls. Yo. I tried to, you know what? I tried to do an infused pre-roll uh, with my manufacturer like two weeks ago. And I gave it uh, to my R&D guys, and they were yeah. like, absolutely not. They were yeah. like, don't you dare. Don't your, do it. It'll tarnish your name. It tastes too good. <laughs> like, like, you don't need this. If you do an infused pre-roll, do a collab with, like, Loaded and do a donut. Mm-hmm. Do, like, something where you get some rosin on the inside or something with artisans where you can put, like, oh, rosin. Yeah. Like, a good product. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, let's go back to equity. Yeah, let's <laughs> go back. Let's like, go back. My ADD got me all over the no, place you good. today. You good. Let's go so, back. What, what exactly is social equity for those who are... All right. Here? So... There's a, a few different ways to explain social equity, so I'm going to explain it in the, in the simplest of terms uh, that I can, right? So social equity is basically the opportunity um, for people who have been negatively impacted by the war on drugs to participate in a now legal framework and in industry, right? So in English, if that wasn't English enough, uh, if you were a drug dealer in the past, Right, and you were incarcerated, or you got locked up, or you got a felony uh, for selling drugs. Predominantly weed, right? We don't want to kind of toy around with any of the other ones. So I'm going to just say that social equity is for people who have been selling weed, but we know it could be other things. But um, if you got that felony, uh, when the when when the city adopted uh, Prop 64 and we went wreck. What was happening was everyone in the space, everyone who had been negatively impacted, a person like myself who had been in prison over this, we knew we weren't going to be able to get a license because that was one of the requirements. In order for you to apply for a license, you couldn't have a, 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 a drug felony yeah. or couldn't be convicted of any crime, right? That's pretty much anything you want to do if you want to get a really decent job. So we thought that that was the, so the CMA, the California Minority Alliance, uh, shout out to my, my man Virgil Grant and uh, Donnie, uh, rest in peace. Um, they brought in this program that said, "Hey, if you're gonna, if we're gonna give, if LA is gonna give 300 licenses, you know, um, uh, once the cannabis went recreation, you're gonna give 300 licenses. Let's at least give 100 or 150 to people who have been negatively impacted by the war on drugs. Let's give it to these guys who have been incarcerated over this, and now it, it has become legal. It's only fair to yeah. give them an opportunity, right? So." I was one of those people. I think it was like 10,000 applications. I can't remember exactly. 
Um, and out of the 100 to 200 that they gave out, I was number seven. So I basically just applied, went online. You know, I worked yeah. with my team. We went online. We filled out all the paperwork. I didn't think I was going to get the damn license, right? But I was yeah. like, you know, my team was like, listen, if you don't try, you know, you, you can't win. Yeah, you can't win the lottery if you don't play a ticket. You got to yeah. buy a ticket, right? So bought my ticket, and lo and behold, I was awarded the license, right? So... But that's really what social equity is. It's trying to give back uh, to the people who have been negatively impacted right, by the war on drugs and now an illegal framework. So when you when you got the license, was there any special help that you got from the state? Or it was just like, you're on your no. own, you got your license? Yeah, no, like. we got, I got no help from the state. Um, it was all me. You know, it was yeah. all me, my little brother. Um, my now COO uh, in my company, Ebony Anderson, who's also one of the owners of Josephine and Billy's. Yeah. Um, and it was just really us three, man. We just kind of put our heads together. Thank God, you know, I found Ebony. I found Ebony by fluke. I was, we were trying to um, pull an electrical permit at our facility when we first got it. And um, I didn't know how to do that. You know, I went yeah. down to, to the city trying to do it and I was chasing my tail around me and my brother. And I called my my old uh, contractor who used to build my illegal grows and asked him, okay. you know, like, help, me, help, me, help me pull an electrical permit. He's like, oh, man, you want to do that legally? You should call this woman, Ebony. She does all the permitting and stuff for all my, my uh, legal projects that I do. So I said, okay, dope. So then he shot me her number. I called her, kind of pled my case to her, and she came aboard to help me, you know, so... Um, if it wasn't for her, I, we would have never gotten through the licensing process because that paperwork was just, it was like Chinese to me, yeah. you know? Um, and I think they did it like that on purpose, you know? But yeah, luckily, you know, Ebony was an urban planner by trade, so she worked for the city, you know? So I kind of, I, I got lucky on that when I struck gold. So she walked us through the, the application process. She walked us through all the permitting once I got the license, she was able to kind of come in there and just make sure that all our eyes were dotted and our T's were crossed. And uh, my brother, you know, my brother Chuck, who's our CFO, he comes from corporate America as well. So he's a very intelligent, you know, young man. So I kind of had him staff, helping me with staffing and helping me with, you know, payroll and, you know, HR and all yeah. that kind of stuff because he comes from that, you know. So for me... I kind of assembled my team, and by the grace of God, you know, my my two little people, you know, and our little three-man army, you know, made it happen. You know, I had all the experience, you know, uh, with the culture, you know, being in the street with the product. I knew how, I knew how to grow, uh, all that stuff, um, and they kind of handled the other aspects of it, and that's how we got along. That's how we've gotten this far, you know. We've obviously that, built more around Yeah, yeah, of course, but, street. like, yeah. I feel like a lot of, like, um, consumers or just other people don't really, like, understand what goes into getting your license and getting your brand to where it is. It's just like, oh, a brand popped up. It happened overnight, but it's like... Listen, this thing, brand, I tell people all the time, if you think you're going to just come into this space and start a brand, so you better think again. You better think again, because... It doesn't work that way. You know, Ebony's been doing uh, urban planning for I don't know how long, probably her whole career. She's got yeah. a double master. My brother's been a straight-A student since he was in, in, in high school, you know, so he's been working in corporate America for the past 10 years, and I've been selling weed for the past 20. <laughs> so when you put together all of that experience, you know, there's a recipe for success there. But if you're just a regular social equity applicant, and how are you social equity? Well, you know, you're disenfranchised, you're low-income, you know, you probably, you know, have had some, some run-ins with the law, so probably don't have 
that much higher education than a high school diploma, how are you supposed to know all these things? You know, uh, for me, I was I, I was intelligent enough to know because I had been building and needing to grow. Yeah. How many every years that I needed a general contractor to pull an electrical permit? You'd be surprised how many social equity applicants I talk to that they don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what that means. They don't give you like a checklist. No, no. They give you a license and they say go. We gave you a license, right? So I always make this analogy, and I think I did it. You know, the last time we spoke, if I, when I got my scholarship to Berkeley, had they just admitted me to the school and said you can come to school, but didn't give me a tutor, didn't give me a place to live, yeah, didn't give me priority registration, you know, didn't give me all the tools I needed to be successful at college. I would have just walked out. I'd have never made it to school. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, when I got my scholarship, my, I had a hundred dollars. My mom filled up my gas tank and told me to drive from LA to Berkeley to campus. I drove right, and once I got to campus, there was a whole team there waiting for me. Okay, yeah. to show you where your dorm is. Okay, here's your food card. Okay, here's where you go for practice. Here's where you go to get your books. Your tuition is paid for. You don't gotta worry about that. So I had tools to be successful. And then as I got the hang of it, you know, by the time you're there two, three years, you're a pro. Yeah. Right? You can go off into the world and you learn something. Well, with social equity, they never did that. They just said, here's a license. Go figure it out. They actually did the opposite because they made us they made us have, you know, you needed to have a building, you know, to get your license. Well, how the hell am I going to get a building with no money? Right. It, it was just. It well, was how just are you completely. also going to get a building if you don't even have a license secured? Completely ass backwards. Like they. Completely ass backwards. They're like, yo, go get a building, pay whatever a yeah. month. Like most of the time, it's like five to ten G's. Yeah. That's like on like a small. Building. Yeah, mine was twenty, but yeah, the, five to ten. The, yeah. I'm like, yo, I, I'm playing it safe. No. I don't want to be. The licensing fee itself per per license, the cultivation license was like eleven grand. Now, is that, that, is that an application? or your application fee. And that's not if you get approved. That's not guaranteed. So you pay $11,000 yeah. to now the DCC, not the BCC. Yeah, anymore. now the DCC, yeah. yeah. Fuck the DCC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that part. That part. That you part. said $11,000, yeah. and you don't even know if you get approved or not. No. And it's not, it's not, you don't get a refund. If you don't get approved, you don't get a refund. That's that money go. Yeah. Yeah, it's lit. LA Where the fuck does that money go? <laughs> LA is lit. They are what lit do you mean? Yeah, I, don't, Yo. I, I don't know where it goes, but that's why I'm getting into policy so I can tell us where it goes. Yeah, because that... What? $11,000 just for an application? Yo, that makes me so uncomfortable. Yes, like it's, it's whack. It's whack. And they're just... And they're just taking advantage because they know that people want an application and... Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. There was a lot of predatory practices going on, you know, to get this thing off the ground. So especially with the hiring. Absolutely. I remember um when social equity first became a thing like a few years ago, like I would just like browse for sales jobs or like dispensary management, like because I wanna get uh, I wanted to be a buyer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the the job, like on the the summary would pretty much say you need to fit you need to be uh, making at least X amount. You can't have like a lot of income. You need to be a felon. You need to be oh, this, yeah. you need to be that. Oh, yeah. Do you fit these requirements? If so, we're going to use your name to apply for a social equity license. 
And then if we get approved, you only get 10%. And then you get to manage our dispensaries. Yeah. That's what a lot of those that's people... That's super predatory practice right there. Like, that was that's, really a thing. That's I predatory would, one-on-one right there. I would tell them, like, you can't do this shit. Yeah. Like, you, you, you're literally, like, taking people's, like, whole ass, like, livelihood and you're yeah. most likely going to put them in debt. Yeah. And taking them in. Taking advantage of them too. Exactly, and a lot of people like they they don't under like they don't understand because they, they just want to get in the weed yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's a dream, you know. It's to a be dream. doing it legal, yeah, it's a dream. But like realistically, when you're doing it legal, you're like it's a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare, <laughs> man. It's a fucking nightmare, you know. So, but you know, we we we're we're, we're going to get there. You know, we're going to get there. We're going to fix it. We are. Um, we've assembled a good group of people. You know, who understand yeah. that under that have been dealing with this mm-hmm. now for the past uh, three and a half years, and um, we gonna come out the city and we gonna make some changes because it will work. It will. I feel like the community, like realistically, we just really need to come together and That's like it. speak more about this and educate consumers more on it because, yeah. like, even me myself, like for the cannabis brand that I work with. I had to explain to them what social equity is. And I'm sitting in a room with like CEOs, like cultivation, everyone. No, no one knows what no it one is. Knows. You no know? Knows. And then once you explain it to them, because like my importance is I focus on uh, getting into social equity shops and building those partnerships with them. Like dope. that's just like my vibe that's dope. with the community. Like I want right. to like help empower them, you know? So yep. like I talk to that and everyone's like, what, <laughs> what, what do you it? mean? What, what social equity? Right. So it's, it's, we're, we're real behind on the education piece, yeah. and that's why I feel like, you know, with the amount of attention that I get now, you know, because of all family farms, and I'm constantly, you know, talking about social equity, I think it's important. I think I have a responsibility now, just with the, the notoriety and the platform I have to go and start educating more people, more yeah. consumers, want to talk to to the city and the, and the lawmakers and the people who are making these decisions and, and tell them, like, listen, this is broke. You know, and I, I, I've been able to be successful in a broken system, but this is how I was able to do it, and it's not fair. You can't allow, ask everyone to be me, right? Every social equity applicant doesn't have 20 years of experience under their belt, you know? But then again, there are some still sitting in prison right now that if you let out, you'd be surprised how well they can lead a company and lead a, and lead a cannabis business because they understand. That's why they're sitting there, right? So... Those things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited um, to get talking about and to start making some progress. Because the social yeah. applicants, they deserve it. And I'm not saying you're not social that you don't deserve it, but they at least deserve a fair shot. You know, at they least give the tools. We at and, least need the tools. And that's why I'm saying, like, there should at least be, like, some sort of resources when Absolutely. you get your social equity license. It should like, be. There should be some help there. And if you can't, you get the tools and you just can't grow the product or your product just ain't it, then no then then you go away. Yeah. You know, because it's still competition, right? We don't wanna we don't want our, our, our industry to just be full of social equity applicants with subpar products, right? That would be lame. Right? <laughs> we, we we still gotta keep it still gotta be a level of competition like, like at least come up yeah, with the shit. Yeah, pull up, like we're gonna give you a shot. We're gonna give you all your tools. It's like anything else. It's just like with sports. You know, you, you get your scholarship, you go to college, but if you don't start, you don't start. Yeah. Right? Well, you tried, but you came to compete, right? So come to compete. And if you're and if your 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 products are good and your shit is nice, then you deserve to be here. Just like all the rest of us. If it's not, then you get you got your shot and I'll go away. Straight up. Yeah. 
We can't have you out here giving our consumers, you know, subpar product just because you're social equity. That yeah. That's not cool, right? I know. You need social equity, but you got to compete. Whatever, yeah. whatever category it is, distro, cultivation, retail, whatever it is, just compete. So when it comes to like social equity right now, like what, what shops do you guys work with that are equity? Um, we work with Gorilla RX. Um, we work with uh, Josephine and Billy's. Um, I think there's one more. 64 and Hope. 64 and Hope. Right? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and I think there's a couple more um, that we're about to start doing some things with as well. Uh, but those would probably be our main three. Right yeah. Now. That we that we actually like we did the the clubber lane you know with sixty four and hope um, I just got off a great panel um, with the owner of uh, Gorilla RX um, Kika yeah really really dope super super intelligent super smart and then my sisters uh, Ebony and Whitney over at Josephine Bates that's what's up yeah I love Gorilla RX their shop is so good I'm like yeah. all of their shops like what why dope, do the, why do these equity shops have like better shops than like uh, corporate. I'm like, I don't want. I don't you know why? Because we so understand what it's supposed to feel like when you walk in. Exactly. Like, <laughs> as soon as I walk in a Gorilla RX, I'm just like, yo, this a vibe. I no, don't want to leave. it's a straight vibe. You know, you understand. It's 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 it's, it's energy. Yeah. Know? I was. I remember back when I was in my trap days, bro. Presentation was everything. You know, what I'm saying I go buy brand new turkey bags, put my product in, yeah. label them, put little. Uh, real professional labels that I print out on, <laughs> yeah. on the back. You know what I'm saying? Like it's presentation. You know what I'm saying? But when you've been selling weed your whole life, you understand that. Yeah. These corporate people, they don't understand that. They, they want it to look like an Apple make store. Your especially look like an Apple store. What? And that, that's, that's what not, makes that's, it uncomfortable. That makes it un unculture like. Right. But it's just uncomfortable when you walk in there because, like, most of the time, I'm like, "Yo, where's the weed at?" Like. <laughs> Behind the glass, it's turning brown because light keeps hitting it. Or sometimes the they have it somewhere like the weed just like spinning like in midair and shit. Right. I'm just like, yo, can right. you stop? Like, okay, Chad, Chad, Brad. For what? For what? But one thing that I've been noting, noticing people have been doing is shopping for THC. What are your thoughts on that? <sighs> this is so. So this is such a touchy subject. Okay, I'm gonna say this for all your listeners, whoever's <laughs> listening out there, loud. I'm gonna be very loud, and I want to be very clear. Okay, THC percentage does not. I repeat, it does not dictate the strength or quality of weed. Okay, let me say it one more time in case somebody missed it. THC percentage does not dictate the quality or strength of the weed. All right? So, we have been, this is why I love the, the name of this show, Stir Talk. But, yes, um, yes. We have been, I have been developing a campaign um, the first part of this year that I'm going to start rolling out and you'll start soon about how we're trying to educate consumers on buying we stop buying your weed based off of the THC percentage. Please. You learn your terpene profiles. Okay? Learn your terpene profiles. Learn which ones you like, which ones you don't like. Learn your terpene percentages. And learn how to read that on the back of the bag. Testing labs. Okay? <laughs> you need to start putting the THC 
percentage on the back of the bag? It's not testing labs. Or it's it's the brand. Or it's the brand. Because yes, it, it has nothing to do with testing. I thought it was a lab. No, it's the brands because okay. the brands need to pay an extra percentage or like an extra fee to do terpenes, and then all they need to do is just add an extra spot on their labels because the brands are making the labels themselves. Oh. So the brands. See, I'm like, sorry okay. to cut you off. Yeah, no, but please correct me. Please correct brands. me because. Because we, I see our, um, I see our terpene profiles on our COAs. Yeah. Right? And I see the percentages. But I noticed that a lot of brands don't have them. Those are, those are samples. I know, no, no, no. I'm like, I can't even open them. I need my scissors. Oh, it's okay. Scissors. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, um, so okay. yeah. So, but, um, but yeah. So, and I like, you know I me, mean? I like to make analogies so that people understand what I'm talking about. Right. So if you don't understand what I mean, here's what I mean. For all you steak eaters out there. Okay. Let's say you have a piece of Wagyu steak, right? Wagyu is the top of the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? so let's say you have this piece of Wagyu steak and it has no seasoning, right? And then you have this little New York strip steak, right? But it's seasoned to perfection, right? And it's cooked to perfection, right? Which steak do you think you're going to enjoy eating more? The expensive? $500 piece of Wagyu because it's a better quality of meat or you think you're going to have a, a better experience eating maybe the $50 or $40 sirloin strip but it's seasoned to perfection. Definitely option two. Okay. <laughs> when you're buying weed, all these things matter, right? Your terpene profile is the taste, right? That's what the weed is going to taste like. The THC is just the THC percentage. So maybe that particular nug that was tested was covered in THC, right? So it kind of made your testing percentages extremely high or whatever, how, how much ever, whatever it is they're testing, right? Whatever y'all do to get the high percentage. Whatever you do. Whatever, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to go into that too far because that's a whole nother conversation. A whole that we but that just because it's 30% or it's 35% or it's 40%, right? I've been, I've been seeing 40% this lately. Oh, I saw 45%. Wow. You, mu you must, that weed must go send you off into Oregon. Okay? Yeah, negative. Okay, so consumers, I really, really, really encourage you to get out there and start, go on the computer and just first thing, go to Google and just start typing in terpene profile. Right, start learning so that when you go to your local retailer and you buy, you kind of start looking at that, right? Brand brand owners and operators, Chris Balls of the world, start putting the terpene profiles and percentages on the back of the bag or on your jar so that these consumers can understand what it is that they're buying and yeah. what it's going to taste like. Because most of the time, the consumer doesn't want to pull out their phone and do a QR code every no, single time. No, just have it right there. It's just an extra, bro. Have it right there, right, right there, so they can read. You know, like on the nutrition, the nutritional yeah. value on food when you get a box. Same thing. You know, let's just let's get all that in there so that the real, really good cannabis that's in these stores can be identified, and these brands can get their credit. You know. I hear people all the time say, oh, if it's under, you know, we used to have buyers. We would send a couple strings and we'd have buyers that say, oh, it's under 25%, man. It's it's in this price category. It's this tier pricing. Excuse me? Exactly. What, what did you just say? Uh, gelato, 
the number one strain, period, in the world right now, the number one variety, hardly ever tests over 23 percent. I've seen some at like 18, 19 that are fire. Yeah. Complete and utter fire. Right. So it's a combination, right? You need everything. You need a good blend and a good balance of THC and terps. You know, there's a couple other, there's a couple other things you need in there, but uh, I'm still not done doing all of my studies, so I want to get it right. So I want to put my foot in my mouth. But top two for sure is make sure that your terpene profiles are good. Learn your terpene profiles and then have a blend with the THC. Yeah. What do you think? I personally, um, you know, I'm all about terps, but at the end of the day, I'm all about finding the cannabinoids that also, that you're, let me backtrack, my mind went like way too fast. I, I'm more Still about like, like, I know, like, hold on, I get like so excited. It's like, your what show. Is, I'm not interviewing you. What do I think? Yes. <laughs> Damn. You know okay. I'm saying? I like to throw it back, throw a little curveball. I know, that's why I'm like, what but think, that was a curveball. That's something no one ever asked my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> your opinion matters. Your yes. Opinion matters. Okay. Um, personally, I feel that it does have to do a lot with like. I don't. I don't like the high THC. Most of the time, when I'm doing like THC shopping, it has to be something in the teens with a high um, terpene profile. So whether it's like three to five percent terps, but I also look for the active cannabinoids as well. Okay. So like, I like um, my favorite terpene cannabinoid combo is humulene and THCV. Because it's like perfect, like right before you go to the gym. THCV is an appetite suppressant, and then with humulene, it also acts as like a double appetite suppressant, but gives you enough like energy. Talk your shit. Exactly. Talk my shit. Educator. So like that's that's like where that's like my my vibe. That's your jam. Yeah, that's my jam. Or just like a CBN with like mercine combo for like the end of the day for like that all all over just like body relaxation. Um, but. You know, a lot of people, they're just all about the Turks right now. All about Turks. All about Turks. The industry is literally going to Turks. It is. It's literally but going to Turks. We can't forget our cannabinoids. We cannot. Because they're Very the important. reason how we they're get They're the reason why we get what exactly. we get. Exactly. That's where like the experience comes everyone's from. Everyone's saying, like, oh, the experience comes from the terpenes. And it's like, yes, part of the, part experience, of the experience comes from the terpenes, but the other cannabinoids that are in there as well, like, each each time you smoke cannabis, the the cannabinoids in that cannabis are reacting with your cannabinoid receptors yep. in your body. Yep. So like there's something um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's similar to a 23andMe test, but it's for your endocannabinoid system, and it tells you what your endocannabinoid system wants. Really? Yes. Where do you take this test? It. Where um, is my phone? I will <laughs> remind me when we're off air. Yeah, I need that. Um, I need that info. Yeah, remind me when we're off air because okay. I can't think of it on the top of my head. Endo DNA. Endo DNA. Endo DNA. I, I feel bad because I kind of I interviewed them like a year and a half ago, so that's why I'm like, yeah, I forgot but the you name. Remembered it just now. But I remembered it just now, so I'm sorry, Anya. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you want you're one blunt in too before we start. I'm not even like a full blunt. Oh, I'm like at? a half blunt, okay, which is like more disappointing. I'm trying to joke. No, it's okay. I'm. I, I'm humble. I, I, love, I love the honesty. <laughs> I love the transparency. She's authentic. I'm everyone. all about being transparent. She's authentic like, and transparent in here. Let's go. I'm a stoner. It's okay. But Okay, so endo, what is it? Endo DNA. Endo, endo DNA. Yeah. Okay. And it is a DNA test okay. for your endocannabinoid system. Ooh. And like literally it'll be like your body wants this, it doesn't want this. So like 
I've had people tell me, oh, I don't like weed, I'm allergic to weed. Like, no, you just smoke the wrong one. Or like your endocannabinoid system just isn't reacting well with that, like, cannabinoid and terpene yeah, profile. Yeah, that's like, yeah, it. I figured that out. Yeah, like, I figured that out. I, I had enough experiences, even though I don't smoke, and the reason why, why I don't smoke. Yeah, I would say, why don't you smoke? Okay, so let me let me backtrack that don't that don't smoke thing okay because <laughs> don't smoke no more I never i never smoked until i met my fiance okay my fiance now has me smoking here and there what yes no way yes yo you guys are hella cute by the way <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> like thank just had to throw much. that in there like <laughs> so yes that woman has now you know she like she smokes yeah. So she's uh, now got me smoking, and um, I'm learning. So I, I'm I've learned why my Daniel Russo is so popular. I didn't know. You still won't tell me what it's cut with. Maybe when we're off air. Well, but... I'll tell you. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So now because I had bad experiences when I was young, you know, when I first tried weed, I went fucking you know crazy and my my mom had to come get me from school and yeah i had a real bad okay, that was my first yeah. time smoked too much you know at lunchtime with the stoners and you know thought i was at lunchtime at too? lunchtime yeah my junior Chris. yeah yeah it was all bad um, so then i you know i had a really bad reaction that time so i was like i'm not just not gonna do that and i know now what the reaction was i was just super high but at the time, I didn't know what being super high. Yeah, you like. had no idea what so you were I doing. So I thought I was dying. I thought when you know I couldn't taste my taste buds, and you know my head started to feel like helium. I'm like, oh, this is not right. Something's wrong. You just, yeah, you just freeze. Yeah, and now my heart's beating fast because I'm scared. So it was just, it was very traumatic, right? But um, I tried it a couple more times later on, and the similar similar things would happen. Yeah. Right? But it was because of the strains that I was smoking, and I was over smoking, you know, because I didn't know my limits. So. Once she kind of got me, you know, smoking on the LaRusso, and we would smoke, I would only smoke a little, like, half gram joint. Yeah. Two or three, four puffs, and it's, it's a wrap. But then I started to figure out, oh, this is what people are excited about. This feels good, right? We laugh, we talk, we laugh. We feel, you know, just it was just a really good vibe. I just felt really good. Yeah. So I, I found it. I, I finally started to find, you know, what my cannabinoid profile matches with. Okay. So we getting there. So you never know. We I got a still a whole year to go. I've smoked uh I smoked a little half gram of my uh, dragonfly, my Nino. I can now taste weed. I kind of blow it out my nose and I can now taste what it's man, oh, listen. Okay. I'm getting there. That's awesome. I'm getting there. I'm coming I'm, to the I'm coming to the to the smoke side. Well hopefully one day I can finally smoke with yeah, you. Yeah hopefully you know <laughs> I don't know. You might, you know, uh, I'm a joint smoker right I now. I do joints too. Oh, do don't joints. worry. Okay. Don't. All right. All right. You'd be a surprise. Okay, cool. Cool. So very surprised. I can't smoke blunts and all that. All right, I'm not doing it. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Right. Just you do smoke. joints. I do joints. All right. Don't I do walk joints. Okay. We maybe share a gram. <laughs> Me, you, and my fiance will share a gram. Let's do Let's it. Go. Let's go. All the flowers. Is there anything you want to touch base on before we wrap up? Um, not too much, man. Just, you know, I just I always want to encourage people to go out there and support support your favorite brands. You know, even though I know the taxes are crazy, uh, please believe we're working on that. I, that I personally am going to try to work on that as well. But just please get out, you know, and go get to your local retailer. 
and support your favorite brand and the brand that you believe in because it is how we make a living. It is how we put food on the table. Um, and it's how we will be able to stick around to, to keep the cannabis industry authentic and keep the culture, you know, thriving and relevant. That's it. You know, follow us at Ball Family Farm. And follow their backup too, because yeah. I like all Follow our backup on Instagram, then <laughs> shut us down. Uh, at Ball Family Farm's backup. Uh, and then if you guys want to uh, get a hold of me or DM me, it's at ChrisBall45. Yeah, yeah. Show. Oh, <laughs> and there will be a TV show. Oh, you said it. <laughs> I didn't have to ask. There will be a TV show. So just keep checking our Instagram. Keep checking my Instagram uh, for that announcement. But yes, it is It is coming. It is coming. Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Yo, I'm so excited for that. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks again for coming through. Thank you for having me, Sarah. OG Sarah. Turk Talk Sarah. One of my favorite people to talk to. You dig? Yay. That like made my day. And shout out to Top Tree Studio for providing the vibes. You notice we're in a different room today. And shout out to High Times for coming through and Helping with some things as well. And make sure to like follow us on IG at Turp Talk Pod, Sarah Tokes, Chris Ball 45, Ball Family Farms, and just the whole gang. And I'll talk turps with you soon.